Look out for these and other great new releases from Guild at your local video library. I'm Dick Brady. This is Club Hell. Thanks for coming, kids. Dick. This is Notes from the Back Row, a cinema podcast of commentary, questions, answers, dreams, fears, joy rides, hell rides, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Welcome to another episode of Notes from the Back Row. My name is Dan Gorman, and I'm here with... Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo. Oh, what a great name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually my real name. Oh. Um, so, yeah. That voice, of course, is Carlo. <laughs> Not Joey Jojo. Oh, <laughs> way to burst my bubble. I know. Um... <laughs> So this is another episode of Notes from the Back Row where Carlo and I talk about Canadian horror movies. This is our ongoing series called Hoser Horror. And uh, if you haven't listened to the show before, um, we're talking about Canadian horror. But if you've also never listened to Notes from the Back Row before, um, just a quick recap. It's kind of like a magazine subscription for your podcast app. And we always have different types of episodes that will land in your feed. Um, the previous episode, number 19, was Veronica and I talking about trashy horror movies and the myth of elevated horror. And then there's been other stuff uh, in the past, like there was uh, Jenna and Carlo talking about the female Prisoner Scorpion films. So you'll always get something different with the show. Um, and it's super fun to have. And you should uh, subscribe if you are not subscribed. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you can go to back-row.com where you'll find lots of essays and um, amazing stuff there. Jenna has an article about the dead don't die. Um, and Veronica had a really great ar article that we turned into a podcast, Art versus Trash. Um, but otherwise, you can email backrow at backrowcineblog at gmail.com. And on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, we are backrowcineblog. And that's the spiel. <laughs> and onwards, eh? Into Canada, eh? The Great White North, eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've been doing Hoser Horror. This is the fourth episode of Hoser yeah, Horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four, four, four. Yeah. Um, and so what we've been doing is do is like, so far it's only been double features, but generally mm. the movies will be related, but we're not doing a chronological deep dive or any of that stuff. Just what are some, what are two movies, you know, from Canada? Yeah, horror. exactly. Just like pick some out that we feel like talking about. Like, um, uh, have they all been? No, they haven't all been new to us. Um, no. So some are rewatches, re some aren't. Yeah. Like last episode was a new one and one we'd already seen, both of us. So Totally. And this episode is the same for me, but I, they're both new to you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both new to me. Yeah. I haven't okay. seen either of them. So Yeah. Well, if you saw the title of the episode, you'll know that this is our backwoods uh, horror episode. 
both movies that kind of take place in the dusty backwoods of Canada where not a slasher or not a monster lurks, but a, a true horror of, of man. <laughs> man, um, exactly, yeah. yeah. So the, the first man, movie... man. No. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about first from 1986, Bullies, directed by Paul Lynch. They had to be stopped because they stopped at nothing. <laughs> Alternate tagline, heroes sure. aren't born, they're cornered. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, sure. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now, you you introduced me to a Paul Lynch film within the last year or two called Did Flying. I? Oh, oh, was that because of me? I, I, I hadn't realized. Um, yeah, I, I think I came across that movie. Um, there's a Leatherbox user I've been following for forever called Austin Wolf Sudden. And I think it's one of his favorite movies. And he has got, like, pretty reliable taste in general. Nice, and, nice. Yeah, I don't know. I saw, like, you know, cheesy music kind of movie. Well, it's not really about music. It's about dancing. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of montages. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I've got to see this. And uh, <laughs> Keanu Reeves is in it as well. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. a good time. Um, um, yeah. But Paul Lynch is also very famous for having directed Prom Night in 1980, hmm. which, as a Canadian, I'm sorry to say, I have not seen yet. Uh, yeah, I was so shocked when you said that, like, just just today, even. <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, Holy shit. How have you not gotten around to that? <laughs> well, yeah, it's one of those things where um, its reputation as not being the best. And I yeah. know a, a few people have said, like, oh, it's pretty, it's pretty snoozy. Yeah, um, has stopped me, but I I've always meant to to see it eventually. Yeah, 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 well, there are people who love it though, so I don't know. Like you can never say like which side you're gonna end up on. So, and I mean, it's um, I wouldn't call it like a huge horror slasher franchise, but mm. still, there's like four movies and a, a remake even I think, and the first one is like one of an of of like a series of like um you know the jamie lee curtis slasher uh scream queen movies uh i i saw it like mm, i want to say like even 10 years ago but that's probably too far um too far back but i thought it was fine ish like it, it's it's definitely pretty snoozy but then by the end i was kind of into it but it's been so long and i've seen so many slasher movies like in the meantime that <laughs> I'm, I'm also kind of afraid to go back to it um but then i saw the second one and i was like okay i'm very into this and the second one rules it's so good yeah it is <laughs> uh I, I haven't seen three or four yet um so yeah, I can't really comment on those, but it's it's a Canadian horror slasher franchise. Like in, in general, I think all of them were made in Canada. And, um, well, maybe not the remake. I don't know a thing about that yeah, one. Me but, either. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, only the first one directed by Paul Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. So Paul Lynch, born in England, um, came to Canada in 1960. Uh, he was a cartoonist at one point for the Toronto Star. Um, he was doing photography, eventually started to do film. He did a documentary on the Penthouse magazine um, <laughs> and then eventually kind of cracked into movies um, with a movie called <clears throat> The Hard Part Begins. But uh, the 
prom night movie is kind of like where he made his name. That was like a, a pretty big hit. And like you said, Jamie Lee Curtis, it was one of her scream queen kind of, uh, uh, you know, one of those string of movies. Mm-hmm. So eventually in 1986, it led him to uh, make bullies. Far from the city, a boy and his family have come to renew their lives. For the family, it's a chance at a new beginning. For Matt, it's a chance to find those things in himself he never knew existed before. But every world has its boundaries, and they're about to discover what it means to cross over them. Matt, you don't know them. They may be your family, Becky. They're not my family. Me. For once in your life, will you do what I say? You don't belong here. This is my town. You're under your time, boy. Bullies. Revenge means never having to say you're sorry. Yeah, this is a backwoods exploitation movie. Both of these movies are kind of revenge tales. Um, and so Bullies is basically about this family who move into a small town. They buy a grocery store, but it turns out that the small town is kind of run or overseen by this like group of uh bullies bullies yeah (laughs) bullies named the cullens they're a family that just Mm. basically bullies the townspeople into doing whatever they want they get things for free and stuff um but then we kind of have this sort of plot about the young morris man matt falls in love with olivia d'abo um and she's a cullen and it has this kind of romeo and juliet thing Hmm. Um, but uh, things get very, very scary for for that for the Morris family because of these bullies. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I want to say like scary in theory. I wasn't yeah. that scared or like no. It, it's not that intense, really. Like it's pretty. Uh, yeah, it's not super. It's more of a. I would say of the two movies, this is the least of the of the horror. I, I would say the oh, other yeah, movie yeah, is definitely. a lot more yeah, of a horror yeah, yeah. movie, but. Yeah, so there there does eventually become um, a kind of uh, a sexual assault in both of these movies, mm-hmm. and and in Bullies, um, it happens to the mom, and uh, the the son has to try and get his revenge. It's very much about the son is going to be the guy doing the revenge in this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Kind of, you know, like uh, Olivia Dabo's character. She has. Like at one point that line, it kind of feels like she's gonna have like an arc where yeah. she's like, um, it, it's it's kind of alluded that she's not really part of the like the Cullen family. Like she says, like uh, they're not my family. Like she has this bond with her mother who isn't around anymore, and then she kind of turns on them uh, on on the on the Cullens basically. But then by the end it's like you don't really hear from her again and it's more like about the uh about the guy uh the matt character really which is yeah that was kind of a pity um yeah that that move that like this movie i think i liked a little bit more than you but i mm. think even like is a bit more of a 
it's a stretch yeah, maybe. it's a stretch i think maybe <laughs> there's there's things about it i think are admirable in the sense that it's like well made and well shot and um it has a really kind of grimy sweaty feel to it um it you know it it feels pretty standard but at the same time i think i think there's enough here where it's kind of entertaining but i i think the movie really does olivia Dabo's dirty by giving her this really amazing moment you know where she kind of when the when the assault is happening to the mm. mom and the son can't do anything she shows up with like a shotgun kind of and saves the, the moment and i was like yeah, all right yeah. here we go but then it's like never mind she doesn't get anything to do for the rest of the movie yeah it's like a yeah. real bummer yeah that's too bad like she shows up basically for like the middle stretch of the movie to play like the romantic interests like to um make sure that the mad character has a bit of like a romantic development and then she kind of gets thrown aside once that's over and that's that's just well not great you know it sucks <laughs> because she's great too like yeah yeah i like her a lot and like at least in flying uh the other paul lynch movie it's it's like all about her you know uh i was just i guess i was expecting a little bit uh, more of that in this one but not really yeah, or um, maybe that she would like team up with him for the revenge, or that yeah, there would yeah. be some kind of like that she like her character really feels, you know, like it's tacked on, or that it's yeah. not it's not really and, fully fleshed. Yeah, no, not at all. Like honestly, like none of the characters felt very three dimensional to me. Like it, it was kind of hard to get into it because of that. Because I was like this, this mad guy. He's kind of a nothing kid um to me and agreed and and even like the bullies you know um the the columns they're like pretty standard uh dickheads slash sexual assaulters but um as far as tension went i feel like they didn't push that enough you know to like really get you into it like like really get under your skin you know yeah, I think the one of the problems with this movie from my perspective is the fact that it does the kind of uh, sexual assault revenge thing because I feel like it, it this movie kind of uses that as an exploitation you know device. It uses it yeah, as yeah. like we need to show you how bad things will get just so that the guy can get revenge. Yeah, Whereas exactly. it doesn't it doesn't really fit in. Like it, it almost feels like well they I don't I don't know like these guys are s- super terrible people and mm. and they established that at the beginning by having them run an old couple off the road. Yeah. Um, Fred and Martha. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> Which I liked a lot. I thought like, oh shit, here oh, we go. Oh, you like old peeping, people getting killed? I yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Very into it. <laughs> no, but I just like it when that, that opening scene is very like, oh shit. Like, yeah, yeah. It we're starts, in for it. It starts good, but then it yeah. just, the movie it, just it does, the, the movie doesn't need that assault stuff and no, i feel no. like it could have just been a movie like you know about them fighting back about these people in the town that are you know bossing everybody around it yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it doesn't commit to having anything to actually say about that so no then, it's, yeah it doesn't contribute anything to like make the movie more interesting like yeah they don't use it in a way that's like you know yeah like, I, I will actually say i i did admire to some degree that after the assault happens they do sort of show 
how like upset and broken the mother is after that Mm. they do have a scene where like she people are like trying to like touch her and she's like freaking out yeah yeah, yeah, and i thought like okay it it, maybe it's gonna get into like the after effects of this horrific thing that happened but then they drop that immediately yeah yeah like it's almost like they they almost got something to say but then they didn't yeah that's like the the tale of this movie basically like there's almost something there that's yeah that's but they just I don't know. It feels like very held back in, in, in that respect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it, I said, the, the, it's it's just like the tension in, in, in this kind of movie, this kind of like backwards revenge. And I'm not even calling it a horror movie necessarily, yeah. but that's the thing that 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 you really expect, though. Yeah. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah, um, not, not really. <laughs> yeah. And I do I do feel like once the Matt character decides he's going to get his revenge there's a couple good moments but even the revenge stuff kind of feels like it it doesn't quite go as far the one guy that gets it really good on the the hood of the car because the the hood Mm. of the car has like antlers yeah this guy ends up getting like shoved onto the antlers Mm -hmm. that was like the one part of the movie where i was like oh shit that was like I, I felt that murder yeah, yeah, yeah. and I felt the like intensity of that scene and the way that it's shot and the way that he like flops backwards onto that thing and it goes through him. I felt like, oh, wow. Like I it really like shocked me out of my kind of snoozy days. You know, I don't <laughs> I honestly don't even remember that yeah. scene. That's how, I, that's I how like, into oh, it shit. I was. <laughs> yeah. But then, the, you know, he takes out the people pretty quickly and yeah, it's like it's fine. I I think there are people out there that like this kind of movie that it will be just fine enough. Mm-hmm, yeah, I I think like um like on a base level, this genre isn't necessarily for me. Uh, I I don't dislike it, but I don't have any affinity towards it. So maybe that's why I was a little softer on it. Like, uh, uh or should, should I say a bit harder? Like in my score, um. And then just hit the snooze button like <laughs> an, an hour in ish, I'd say. Yeah, it. Mm. Yeah, it. Like, like I think I said in my letterboxed review, like it. It kind of coasts along on being really kind of like mean in atmosphere. It has a very kind of like mean feel to it. And I think that I think there are people that go to movies like this for that. They're like, yeah, I want a sleazy mean movie. And I guess it's well made enough and it's fine. But yeah, it it, it really didn't do anything for me in terms of like having that extra something yeah 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 i agree though like it's 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 it is a fairly well-made movie like on the surface and it, there's like nothing like offensively bad about it or anything like i wouldn't say like never watch bullies whatever you do <laughs> but yeah like if you're into this kind of like subgenre, you could check it out sure why not but um one thing I was thinking about, though, like the fact that we're calling this whole subseries Hoser Horror, but is how how much of a horror movie would you call this, though? I would say like it's barely there. I feel yeah, like. it's um, very tangential, and I would say that it it fits in the sense of what we're going to talk about next, but in in the sense of like what when we talk about Death Weekend, it's very clearly a horror movie, and I think this this movie has that dna in it but doesn't exploit it to be horrific it's more of an action kind of revenge movie yeah exactly like it's this genre specifically like 
the horror that it's going for, it's always going to be like psychological horror. It's not going to be like about gore or effects or like, you know, like fantastical stuff and, and stuff. Um, so I didn't mind like the lack of that stuff. But like I said, uh, if it's going to be like a psychological thing, it needs to be like more developed and a little like intenser and, and yeah. Um, like I know a lot of people would call this like more of a thriller and you know, whatever. It's just, it's just names, you know, it, it doesn't really matter what you're calling it. But it, another reason why I feel this does fit our theme is because it is like, uh, more than anything, it's exploitation cinema. It's a B movie. It's from a director who's done a bunch of horror movies. And like at the very least, it's horror adjacent, you know, like even if it doesn't like hit those notes of like what even a psychological horror movie is supposed to be. Um, it was trying to, though. So, mm-hmm. you know. Definitely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in terms of can- Canadian quotient, uh, Canadian yeah. quota. The, this the ho- hoserisms. <laughs> hoserisms. This was uh, filmed in British Columbia. Um you will notice that like it looks very pastoral, very British Columbia in in look and feel, and it does take place in Canada. There are some references of it being, you know, taking place in Canada. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I was trying to like pick up on references, but I'm, I'm probably not enough of a Canadian. Yeah, obviously. they don't go out of their way to be super explicit about it, but yeah, it does take place in Canada, um, and. Yeah, it's pretty pretty Canadian in feel. I would say the thing about the backwoods genre is you get that it really feels these two movies feel very Canadian to me. Yeah, like one thing I did get from this movie, like I caught like a couple of little accents here and there, like some some guy going, you know, but um, <laughs> uh, it definitely feels like very Pacific Northwest, you know, like like you said, shot in British Columbia, and it's like you can tell it's all like very up north and. The more north you go, then, then from the United States, it's going to be Canada. Yeah. Um, it, it, another good thing is that it wasn't like trying to be an American movie. So that's a thing we've come across um, a couple of times. Um, so that's another plus point for this movie. Totally. And in terms of like people in it, there is an actor named Wayne Robin- Robson. Um, he's from, uh, BC. He's, he, people in Canada would know him from the red green show, but he was also in the movie cube. Um, and yeah, he's, he's one of the guy, he's one of those guys that, um, it was very, he has a very kind of like specific kind of notable fit character actor face. So, um, he was the one that stuck out to me where I was like, Oh yeah. Which character did they play in this? Um, let me see here. He was one of the Cullens or. Uh, no, he played the guy that got his hand put in the uh, vice. Oh, was it the the mechanic? Yeah, Vern. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's yeah, he, I, yeah. I, I tried looking it up a little, like who's Canadian in this movie, and and yeah. the two like uh, two of the main characters, Matt and his mom, both from Toronto. Two two actors, Jonathan Crombie and Janet Lane Green. Yeah. So, bullies. Very Canadian, um, but, uh, you know, only only worth, I think, seeking out if you specifically like this kind of movie and will watch, like, all, you know, you want to see them all kind of thing. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, I came to this movie because it was like, okay, Paul Lynch, uh, I like flying, I like uh, No Contest as well, um, seen, prom, seen Prom Night. Um, but yeah, this didn't, didn't really do it for me. But like you say, it's it's good that it's like, um, like a Canadian movie for sure. Totally feels like that. But I, I'd be hard pressed to recommend this in the end. Like you say, if you like the genre, sure. I've, I've, I've watched a bunch of shitty movies, but just because I like <laughs> a particular genre. So, you know, uh, if this movie speaks to you, then sure, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, speaking of the genre, let's move on tonight. Let's move back in time to 1976. Yeah. Death Weekend, a.k.a. The House by the Lake. This man and this woman are off to play house for a couple of days. He's a wealthy bachelor. She's a beautiful model. They're looking forward to a terrific time. The only trouble is they're going to spend it in the house by the lake. A 200-year-old mansion surrounded by acres of woods and crystal blue water. An isolated hideaway, miles from anywhere and anyone. But that's where the beauty ends and the nightmare begins. The house by the lake. A house of secrets. A house of evil. A house of pain. A house of death. My God, what's happening? The house by the lake. Inhabited by a power that enslaves all who enter and drives them to acts of unspeakable horror. The House by the Lake. Grand prize winner at the International Terror Film Festival. Starring Brenda Vaccaro and Don Stroud. A film scene you'll run from the theater in fright. The House by the Lake. Directed by William... Uh, Fruet or Fruet? I'm, I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure. I yeah, I mean, that yeah. I, I, think I would say Fruet. Yeah. Mm. Um. So this movie. Okay. There's. A, I think that I need to. There's some setting of the table. I think. Go First, I, I'll do the. I'll do the synopsis. I guess because I jumped over that. But um, <laughs> it's basically about this rich playboy who has a house in the countryside. He invites a model up under the. Uh, under the guise that there's going to be a big party. Um, but, uh, this, this may or may not be true. We'll find out when we talk about the movie. Um, when they, when they're on the way there, they get, uh, wrapped up with this gang of crazy men and they sort of have a scuffle on the road and the men decide they're going to find the house and get back at them for what happened on the road. Um, so William, uh, Fruette, he is a very notable Canadian uh, creative force director. He well, so like he co-wrote a movie called Going Down the Road, which is mm. like sounds like a Muppet movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it it Going Down the Road is like the Canadian movie. Oh. It is like one of the biggest, most important Canadian films of all time. It's from 1970. It's about a um, two men that like decide to leave the Maritimes and they're going to go to Toronto where they are told like there's jobs in Toronto. And so it's like a road movie where they're trying to find jobs. And, and it's like extremely important film. 
So he co-wrote this incredibly important film that did a lot for uh, Canadian cinema. And then he kind of went on to do a movie called Wedding in White, which was a bit more of a drama and also kind of, um, I believe there is some exploitative elements to it. But mm, I think yeah. it's more, it's pretty respectable. But then he did a bunch of genre stuff as well. Um, and so he was like a huge talent in Canada. In, and um, like these movies won awards going down the road, won a huge awards. Um, Wedding in White was very notable. And then um, he wanted to get back into movies and decided uh, he's going to do um, a horror movie. And again, like a movie we talked about recently, Cannibal Girls, Ivan Reitman was involved here. Um, he had been doing stuff with David Cronenberg. And so they they kind of got together and made Death Weekend, which is a, um, yeah, a rape revenge thriller horror movie. Um, and it was renamed... Uh, House by the Lake because of its, you know, relation to the kind of movie that um, uh, Last House on the Left, it it kind of fits into that pocket of horror. Hmm, Yeah. Um, Wasn't that going to be like the original title, House by the Lake, but then because it was too much? Or is it the other way around? No. So what happened was um, because Ivan Reitman had done a bunch of stuff with David Cronenberg, he had some like hookups and got um, American... uh, International. AI, yeah, AIP yeah. to release it. And so they called it The House by the Lake and did it uh, as a double feature with Last House on the Left. So it was like a package deal and you would go see these two movies or whatever. Uh, um, but this movie was like, nobody, people did not like it when it came out. Oh, really? And if you read the com review, it even makes mention that like people were like, they were like treating him like a traitor. Oh. <laughs> Wait, why? <laughs> why? Like, because, why? like, you were this, like, Canadian force and you're doing all these very respectable things oh, and now you've made this disgusting like... movie. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. So people were very, like, I, I think in the review they say, like, everyone turned his back, their back on him kind of thing. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. It's a good um, movie. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. That's too bad. Totally. Yeah. Um, and, and, <laughs> so yeah this was like a big and and for a long time this movie in my mind has been in terms of canadian exploitation like one of the movies although even even though when i last checked on on uh, letterbox it, it only has like it has under 500 views on letterbox yeah, so not a lot of people have seen it has it's this weird. even been released on blu-ray or anything i don't know i'm not sure hmm. it's weird because as a canadian and, my, and somebody who likes you know, exploitation. To me, this is like the movie. It's yeah, like yeah, this yeah. is the big one that you point to, and so it's weird to me to think that it actually isn't that big. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I'm looking it up, and I don't think there is a Blu-ray. And I, I know there's been like a couple of releases by. Mm-hmm. I think there oh. might have been a DVD at some point. Mm, no, no, yeah, no okay. Blu-ray. I thought for yeah. a second, like Vinegar Syndrome had released it, or or maybe I thought maybe it had a blue too. Or maybe I'm thinking of like Sudden Fury or something. I know. Yeah, one, they put one, out Sudden Fury. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking about that one. I know. I knew there was like a backwoods Canadian movie that they released, but um, yeah. Again, if they're listening, <laughs> release that weekend, <laughs> you cowards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, I hadn't seen this since 2012 was the last time I watched it. I think uh, Paul Corrupt from Conexplosion had done a done a screening and i saw it uh probably for the second or third time then in 20 
2012 and and really loved it and so i was a little worried like <laughs> my tastes have changed a little yeah, bit exactly, and like yeah. you this isn't exactly the kind of movie that is you know i'm not in love with that genre sometimes it can be amazing and sometimes it can just be exploitative yeah sometimes it's a bit too much like i'm always afraid going into these movies like how sleazy is it gonna be i don't really want to feel like i have to take a shower afterwards you know <laughs> like that's not really like my thing but um yeah this this movie was just right yeah <laughs> i <Yeah>. would say <laughs> how was it for, for so you saw this for the first time yeah how, yeah, yeah how did you like it uh i liked it a lot i liked it a lot <laughs> um yeah just a really good movie um like i said not as slimy as i'd feared it might be like it's always like a fear going into this stuff um just really good at building up tension as well uh like there's a lot of like really great character moments i felt um also the performances supporting those moments and like the dialogue's pretty well written as well and like the quality of filmmaking and just overall like a really just a well-made movie um but i think like especially the performances uh like you've got um uh chuck shamada playing uh, i think harry got the bad guy don stroud i don't remember his name and brenda vaccaro who's like really really good in this like those three like it's a really i was i was pretty impressed with their performances yeah I think according to that Canuxploitation review, she was worried about doing yeah, this movie. I saw was, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a very like uh, touchy, violent kind yeah, of Yeah, she was kind of like worried <clears throat> about her image. I think she'd maybe done like a bit of this kind of thing before and she didn't want to get like stuck in that yeah, kind of I can like see that. carousel. But yeah, she she brought a lot to this movie. Like, totally. Um, it's her movie, other than totally. Don Stroud is very good in, in his role. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They they play really well off each other. But it's like the reason you care about anything that's happening, it's because of Brenda Vaccaro's character. Yeah, like, yeah. Just from the start, the way they introduce her, it's like not a typical like female character in an exploitation movie. There's a lot more to her. You can tell like right away. Like she takes no bullshit. She she's like a a bit of a grease monkey. Like totally interested into like fixing cars and stuff. And 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 to the point that I was like, um, so she's going up to uh, this house in the woods that Chuck Shimada's character has, and Harry, yeah, and he's like this. He's a total sleazebag. To the point I was like, what is she doing with this guy? She's she seems so much smarter and sensible <laughs> to be with this like dentist with an inferiority complex, you know, like this typical thing, like he's not a real doctor and he's like really stressed about it and everything. But yeah, she, she was great. And he was just a total fucking, he's a total fucking chachi. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, like the, the three performances are so good good and and the three characters are so well written that ev everybody has their kind of thing and like i i really liked that the movie you know the, the hairy guy um he he is bringing her up in under the guise of this party and there is no party and he actually has this house rigged up so that he can like spy on her and stuff and yeah it's so one-way mirrors gross. and stuff oh um, but the movie, uh, one of the things is that's really nice is the movie doesn't, you know, he, 
Harry is very like, you owe me for coming up. You know what you were getting into. Yeah, yeah. And the movie like, doesn't very ever... entitled, yeah. Yeah, and the movie never, you know, she... It, it allows um, her to be... Like uh, she wants to come up and have a go to a party and like yeah. it's not her. It never casts any aspersions onto like, well, why did she say okay to go up with this sleazy? Yeah, guy, yeah, that's true. You know? I forgot about like the party aspect. That she's not just like going with him for him. It's more no. like there's a party and I might meet someone, <laughs> someone yeah. cool there <laughs> instead yeah, of exactly. this guy. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's one of the things that right off the bat about Death Weekend that makes it so special is. Mm. You know, it, it it allows her right away to be better than him at driving. He at everything, basically. He can't fix anything on no. his his uh, property. He has these local guys do all of his work yeah, for him. Yeah, like these drunk uh, fish, yeah. fish bait check guys <laughs> <laughs> that, like, fix his boat and stuff or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and, and so, like, it immediately becomes this movie about, like... Mo- most movies like this, you know, Straw Dogs or whatever, it's mm. about... The guy is has to address his like stunted masculinity or his yeah, inability yeah, to, to be up. a man. Mm, but exactly. this movie is instead addresses the fact that like this guy that is just a sleazy fucking guy, yeah. he's not even all that different than the the monsters that you meet later. Like you know, he's just another piece of garbage. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Like at first, I honestly thought he wasn't like cahoots with those guys like he's just like maybe like a ringleader even like uh luring ladies to his shack like apparently every week or whatever and and these guys show up um but yeah that that ended up not being the case but i for sure had my like suspicions especially like when you see those first scenes when he's like looking through the one-way mirror and she's taking a shower and he's taking pictures i'm like this is what is going on here is like a whole scene happening um yeah totally uh yeah Uh, yeah so like the gist of of the the punks on the road they're led by uh lep played by don stroud and eventually so they run them off the road um and lep is so pissed off that a woman could drive better than him and he makes a bunch of like oh god how could you know you got beat by a woman or whatever and so that's a very like sore spot for him yeah yeah uh, like a lot of like stuff in this movie is like just like the fragile male ego and how she has to deal with all these men who can't take anything you know mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um so they eventually show up and it becomes this like real like it's i find that the the like the tense and the the, the suspense element of this movie to be like so palpable like it feels so gross and 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 just like suspenseful. Yeah. Anytime they're like, talking. Yeah, totally. Like it's just like all you can feel it like boiling, like in the scenes, whether in the house, and it's just like playing mind games. And there's like not anything like explicit happening necessarily, but like you say, the tension is just palpable, like very much so. Yeah, and they're like you like they show up and they're like give me something to drink and they're bossing them around and like how much does this plate cost on your wall what oh shit like you're a rich man eh? it's very like they're poking (laughs) harry lep is like poking harry he's the tiger in a cage almost yeah Um, but 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 not a tiger in a cage that is ever gonna break out it's just like i'm gonna push you around and you're gonna not do anything about it and when you try and do something about it 
I'm going to overthrow you immediately because you suck. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's more like, uh, you know, um, it's almost like with that weekend compared to bullies, they do more with less here by, by taking like a step back and like the way Lap and those other guys like approach, like um, tormenting Harry and, and actually what brand of a car's character uh, called in this? Oh, Diane, Harry and Diane in this. Uh, meanwhile, Bullies is like more d- direct, but because the buildup is lacking, you don't feel it as much. And just the way this movie handles all that stuff, it's just way more efficient. Yeah, and also compared to bullies, where bullies used sexual assault as very like a shock and mm-hmm. and an exploitative kind of way, this movie, you know, in in a lot of these kind of movies, the assault is this you know spurring moment where they're pushed over the edge, um, but um, that doesn't happen here for Harry. You know, it's just another horrible thing that happens to her and she's she has to you know get the re- the revenge herself but yeah. i also feel like it's not done in a way that um feels exploitative it feels important to what's going on between all these characters and in a weird way i like it's hard to talk about no i know movies, what you mean but... though i know what you mean like that one scene where lap and diane are like alone in the shack and he's like trying to have his way with her yeah and he's at one point he's like i i um, nothing gets me uh done faster than when they struggle or something he says and like during this whole scene like at one point she realizes okay like maybe if i just stop resisting he'll lose interest Mm -hmm. and she gets control of the situation which i thought was really interesting yeah, and I also felt like that scene. Feels... I mean, like, like, um, like she stops resisting in the sense yeah. that he also stops dead in his tracks. Like, not that she just lets shit no. happen. No, but she figures it out. Like his, yeah. how his mind is working. You know, totally. And I also feel like that move, that scene is very, um, very like horrific in a way that feels honest to how horrific this kind of a thing can be Mm, it feels very like like that when she realizes like i'm gonna stop Mm -hmm. and she just kind of has this like look off in the distance it feels really like oh yeah it's upsetting and it's very intense and it doesn't feel like it's just there to be like we got to make this movie gross so you know how fucked up no no it's it's like handling it like pretty mature i'd say for like you know it's still an exploitation movie like uh but still yeah Definitely. Mm-hmm. And and so from there, it becomes a movie, you know, there, there's a lot of her getting back at at the men. And there's another scene where somebody tries to kind of uh, get get at her and she slices his throat. And that seems pretty gnarly. Um, but for me, yeah, for me, I just feel like I, I saw I know your review. You said that it's maybe better at the simmering than it is at the mm. explosions. And yeah. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, it, it, it's just a little bit towards the end where it just starts becoming about like, um, you know, like releasing the pressure and it becomes a little bit more of an action movie even at the end where I was like, okay, this isn't as good as what, what came before, but still, um, I, yeah. it, it, I, it's not like it's bad or anything, not, not even, not even close to like even being mediocre. It's just a little 
yeah, just a little less than what came before, but that's totally fine. I mean, it doesn't have to be a perfect movie, you know? Mm -hmm. And I know what you mean. There's something about the finale where um, Harry has been murdered. He's been shotgunned by Lep and she's in the car and um, Harry's body is in the car. And so she is trying to run down Lep who has a gun still and is shooting at her in the car. That whole scene, there's something about that that I find so um so well orchestrated because it's like not only is she dealing with like the dead body of mm-hmm. this one guy she's yeah. also trying to deal with this other guy and she's doing it in a way that she can't get up to drive the car so no, she's yeah, crouched exactly, down yeah. and it all feels very tense and it all kind of feels like it it fits within what the movie's trying to say narratively where like this guy's dead and she's still trying to like get him off her and he's mm-hmm. over out here and he's coming from another angle and it feels very like she's still surrounded by both of these guys. Yeah. Um, I really like that. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's actually now that I'm thinking back on that's, <laughs> that is pretty. And it feels very tense because it's like, how is she going to, what's she going to do? She yeah, has this just... car, but how can she use it? Yeah. And it feels like a real situation, you know, like a real complicated, like, chaos theory situation like you've got this on one hand and this on the other hand and yeah and she it plays back into her like being really adept with cars and stuff yeah you know yeah Yeah. i like i like how it comes to to that finish and yeah it's a little bit full circle yeah the last time i watched this i remember the the finale like after she kills him and Mm -hmm. she goes to leave there's these flashbacks to lep yeah like smiling and caressing her face and i I, as in the leprechaun you mean right (laughs) yeah this movie fits into the leprechaun oh yeah leprechaun shows up (laughs) oh sweet leprechaun how many nine that weekend (laughs) (laughs) um yeah like it i I, last time i watched this i remember thinking i don't know what like to take of that like why is she like fondly thinking back on lep Hmm. but the the this time i kind of felt like what that what the movie was trying to do is it it shows these flashes to us as an audience and and shows this like monster of a man in a way that is removed from the context of the things that he's done um so it's like this like handsome smirk and what looks to be like a loving caress almost but it's it's powerful because it's showing like therein lies the danger. Yeah, yeah, it like this this kind of a monster could be anybody. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, because he's actually like, uh, if you don't think about his actions and like the way he is, he's he's like a pretty charismatic guy. Yeah. Like even as an actor, as a screen presence, like yeah. he really works. You know, it's just the stuff he does is like fucked up. Exactly, and that's why I think that feels very powerful because it's like we know the true context of these this handsome smirk and this, you know, this kind of guy that is coasting on his, you know, can, could coast on his sort of charisma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I really like the ending there. And like you said, uh, uh, Vaccaro is such a powerhouse performance. Yeah. I mean, like, has she been in anything else that's like worth mentioning or like, uh, I haven't like looked at her letterbox. She, she was in Midnight Cowboy. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm seeing now. Capricorn yeah. One. That's a good movie as well. She's Super been in girl. a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. A couple very notable ones like, yeah, Capricorn One, Midnight Cowboy. She's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'd like to know how, how much she's going to be in that. Mm. <laughs> the new oh, she even did a voice in uh, Kubo, Kubo and the Two Strings, that animation. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like she's not, uh, I think, one, two, three, four, like the sixth 
highest uh, name oh, on, on Letterboxd. So that's yeah, it's not small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's cool. incredible. Yeah, totally, totally. And and oh, one other thing that struck me about this, the this time was um, the direction. So like, um, Fruet, like he came from the going down the road he wrote that but that movie is very like that sort of uh cinema not cinema verite but that kind of new wave of filmmaking where it was kind of taking the aesthetics of a documentary you know with the shaky camera and yeah, the, yeah, like yeah. puts you in the feeling in the scene did he and also fe- direct that movie no just oh, okay. wrote it but oh, okay. that kind of thing was going on yeah, yeah, yeah and so i feel like the thing that struck me this time about this movie was how kinetic sometimes the direction is and how sometimes it's locked down and i really like there's there's scenes where it would get very sort of kinetic in the like handheld footage like there's a scene where they kind of harass some people on a um it's like a camping area and there's a scene where they drag the police officer and it gets very like like the direction gets very sort of like exciting Mm -hmm. and then it calms down like there's a real sort of like control over the whole movie yeah. that I really it's like almost orchestrated mm-hmm totally yeah, yeah. this this guy knew what he was doing <laughs> he's a good director uh, yeah. I've only so far of his other movie seen Killer Party uh, nice which, which is very different from this but <laughs> yeah. I enjoy it a whole lot uh it's it's flawed as fuck but it's a very fun movie I feel it's yeah I mean if not just for the opening yeah <laughs> Shit, what's that song called again like april yeah. something <laughs> yeah yeah good stuff i like it also a lot of like uh, uh again the focus on like strong female uh main characters like three of them in that so i don't know if that was a thing that he just did but yeah just it's a coincidence maybe totally and and i've never seen funeral home but i i've heard that that's pretty cool um I have seen Trapped, which is another kind of backwoods. That would fit more with bullies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But that's a fun. That's a that's a good solid movie too. Yeah, I need um, to see I, that. It's weird. I've I've kind of heard, you know, I've seen people kind of say, oh, like his movies, they're very like drab and boring and stuff. And I've never mm. really like, I once like sometimes I see these like really. Well, there was a review on um, Letterbox of Death Weekend that called it like bog standard or something and i was kind of like whoa we saw different movies yeah yeah um, yeah i don't know like sometimes people just react different differently yeah, to yeah. different stuff like i mean i know like even killer party it's uh, it's it's I, I don't know if i can even call it like a cult favorite not even um but there was stuff to it that i reacted to in, in a positive way like there's not it's not necessarily like a hard horror movie or there's even gore or there's like moments when people will call it boring totally. i can imagine but there is just something about it was the way it was written like there's like a sense of humor to it and, and this movie as well there's like character moments that you yeah. don't necessarily find in horror movies um yeah. that made it just more enjoyable and more immersive so Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I I like Killer Party a lot just because I like any movie that decides like halfway through it's going to be a different movie. Yeah. <laughs> I like when it's like you think you're getting a slasher and then all of a sudden it's like, I'm the exorcist now, I guess. Or, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it when movies just make up their own rules and don't give a fuck. It's just change of venue. <laughs> Hit the change of venue button. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Good stuff. So, Death Weekend and Bullies. I think from from the sounds of our discussion, it's clear that Death Weekend is an absolutely essential Canadian uh, horror film. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and like we had said before, Bullies doesn't really try and milk what it's doing for any kind of scary feeling, and I do feel like Death Weekend. There's like a kind of unspoken threat that feels scary. It feels mm-hmm. you, f- I, f- you know, it's not scary in the sense of a horror movie, but it, it, I feel like it fits way more into that, into that genre. Yeah, absolutely. Like in that sense, it's kind of an interesting comparison, though. Like they're both trying to go for the same thing, and one's successful at it, and the other's not. And there's like reasons for that. Uh, kind of interesting to to have dug into that. Uh, also, I, I put one thing about that weekend in my notes. I don't know if you've seen that, but uh, there was a thing, I think, on Wikipedia or maybe IMDb trivia about like the BBFC thing. Did you read about that? Yes, I did. I, I, I clipped that note here. Oh, OK. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like, uh, I'm, I'm just going to read my note here that I have. Like, it says that the, the 1976 August bulletin called Death Weekend Despite being described as an appalling orgy of destruction, blah, 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 um, the film was passed relatively intact by the BBFC after a personal visit by Brenda Vaccaro to Chief Censor James Furman to plead for a certificate. Yeah. Um, some of the female examiners on the board described the film's violence as acceptable, even justifiable, and the only UK cut made to the movie was removal of the C-words. Um, so... Is- <laughs> That's again I, I, super cool. <laughs> you yeah, know, like and Vaccaro I championing for this movie. The UK said, "Don't use that word." Don't they use that word all the time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's not that big of a deal over there. Like, or, <laughs> or maybe I'm thinking about like Australia or yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I feel like yeah, that's that's a weird thing to cut out uh, totally. for them. I mean, you know. But mm-hmm. yeah, sure. <laughs> Just, yeah, just I put that note down because I was like, "Damn, Brenda Vaccaro rocks." Um, yeah, she's just so, like yeah. on her own. Totally. <laughs> yeah, you don't hear a lot of uh, times when an actor yeah. know, shows up and says like, "No, this is important." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, especially because like beforehand she wasn't sure about doing this movie, you know, like worried about her image. But then when she made it, she must have felt like uh, a sense of pride about what she had made, like uh, along with the rest of the the cast and the crew. Yeah, it's a terrific film, and if you haven't seen it, you should. Totally. Um, I think of of all the movies that we've talked about so far in Hoser Horror, I would say to me this still stands as one of Canada's most important uh, exploitation movies. Mm, yeah. Totally. Yep. Um, and, and bullies, you know, if you're bored one day, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it at that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, those are our two movies for this episode. Um, Next episode, we will be getting into some slashing. We'll just leave it at that. Slashy, Um, slashy. Slashy, slashy. Uh, Where can people find you? Um, Twitter or Letterboxd. Carlo goes boom. Carlo goes boom on both. And I am YCK md underscore on both um if you have anything that you would like to say to us about the show if you'd like feedback to give us feedback or um let us know canadian movies you'd like us to cover you can email us at backrowcineblog at gmail.com and as i mentioned off the top backrowcineblog on twitter facebook and and uh, instagram and uh yeah you can get our show on spotify and google play and everywhere if you haven't uh 
if you if you haven't found us there, you can check us out there. Check it out. Yeah, and don't forget backdashroad.com. Lots of stuff to read there. Nice. Otherwise, goodbye, yay. Eh?